Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. This is the show for women who are tired of feeling tired, the sick of the to-do lists and the constant juggling of balls and spinning of plates, and they are ready to start putting themselves first again. Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. It's me, Nicola Fulsto, back for another episode. And today, oh, we've got a great topic today. I'm super excited to talk about this today. So today's topic is all about analysis paralysis. Yes, that's right. Do you overthink much? (laughs) I'm putting my hands up here because I am an absolute overthinker. And this topic has just been an absolute absolutely fascinating one to actually sit down and write my thoughts out about this particular area before I recorded. So what is analysis paralysis? Let's start there. I'm going to begin with a quote today by Edward Louis Cole. And that quote is, you don't drown by falling in the water. You drown by staying there. Doesn't that perfectly sum up that point in time when you just cannot make a decision, you feel stuck. So if that is where you are today, if you are not being able to make progress on a decision that you know you need to make, this one is for you today. So analysis paralysis can otherwise be called overthinking, which, you know, I am, I am totally guilty of doing this. But like with everything, with all my podcasts, I always hold my hands up and say, these are things that I am guilty of too, either have been in the past or continue to be. But I really believe that if you become more aware of the patterns of your behavior, if the things that you do in your life, the way that you justify your actions and the things that keep you stuck, just the awareness alone helps you to make a better decision as you move forward in your life. So really these podcasts for me, a lot of the time are kind of like reminders to myself, if anything, the refreshes all the time so that I can continue to progress and grow myself. But I'm really hoping today, my intention with this podcast, as always, I have an intention with every podcast, is that if you are struggling with a particular decision today, if you feel stuck because you know you need to decide something and you're going around and around in circles and you're driving yourself nuts, I'm hoping by the end of today's podcast, you will understand why you're overthinking. You will understand why you've got to this position and the things that are impacting you being able to make progress and have a strategy for working through this decision-making process and hopefully making a decision and taking action. (laughs) Okay. So that is my intention for you by the end of today's podcast. So what are the negative results of indecision, of staying stuck, of analysis paralysis, of overthinking? Well, really there's just one. You stay stuck. You don't make progress because you're not taking any action. You're spending so long ruminating that actually you're not doing anything. And you will be surprised at how long people can stay in this position. It can be days, weeks, months, sometimes years of knowing that a decision needs to be made, but not making it. And firstly, I just want to recommend a really great book around this area. It's brilliant. It's only a really short read. You could probably read it in an an evening. 
and it's called Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. And this is all about, it's a, a little story about um, some mice. <laughs> and, um, it's all about, they turn up one day to the little place that they normally go, which is where they get all the cheese. And one day they turn up and the cheese isn't there and they face a decision. The cheese had always just kind of appeared in the past. It had always just been presented to them. So do they go off and search for the cheese or do they stay where they are and just kind of hope it turns up? And it's this, it's all about this process of decision or in some cases indecision and the consequences of that. And it's a really, like I say, it's just such a powerful read if you're in this place where you're feeling confused, you're going round and round in circles and you just kind of want to start making some progress. I'd highly recommend that book. It's like I say, it's such an easy read, but really powerful. So have a go at that. So this book about these mice ends up where one mouse goes off in search of new cheese and the other mouse stays where they are hoping that one day someone will just put more cheese in this place. So you can probably already guess the results of that, <laughs> but it is really, really powerful. So today we're really going to be talking a lot about how you go off in search of new cheese, I guess. <laughs> so the whole reason you are finding yourself in this position right now is because clearly you need to make a decision. And decisions, when you need to make a decision, it doesn't go away. Yeah. Even if you ignore it, even if you pretend it doesn't happen, even if you don't want to admit it or face it, when something is lacking in your life or when something is feeling uncomfortable, when something feels off, you find yourself in a position where you need to make a decision. So whether you like it or not, you need to make a decision. You can ruminate all you like, you can keep going around in circles, but you either make a decision and do something new or you stay stuck. So sometimes that really helps me to clarify where I am because I'm either staying stuck in a situation that I'm not entirely happy with and I have to be happy with that and I can't, or I need to start moving forwards in a new direction. So even if you take away nothing else but that today, this has come about, this situation, this decision, this thought process, this thing that is going round and round in your head has come about because you need to make a new choice. Because something is lacking, you're not entirely happy. Sometimes that can be enough to motivate you to commit to making a decision and taking action. So let's hope by the end of this podcast, that's where we're going to get you. So why does this happen? I'll tell you a little story about me and a particular incident recently where I ruminated and was going around and around and just could not make a decision. And even when I sort of made the decision, I didn't take action on it. So that just kept me in indecision for much longer. And around and around we went. So I have for the last, well, maybe six years, I have been running a business with my partner in um, the home technology industry. And it's something that I sort of fell into by accident. It was my husband's business that he started and 
I sort of began helping him out at first just with the books, a bit of admin, that sort of thing when I had the girls and they were really young. Um, and then it moved on to helping him with the marketing and PR because that was um, part of my background. I've done all sorts of my background. So my career started off in marketing and PR um, and then went a lot towards branding and copywriting. And then I ended up being a personal stylist for 10 years. Um, so it was all about, you know, how to present um, what you want to communicate. So I ended up getting quite involved in the business and eventually ended up taking over the business as managing director. And I had been doing that for a number of years. The business had seen really great results. We had a fantastic team and things were going really well. And I hadn't been unhappy, but I started to feel that there was more. I wanted more. I really missed, even though I'd been doing still a number of like appointments and sort of work with women over the years in a number of different ways, my main focus had really been on the business. And all of a sudden, it just wasn't feeling as fulfilling as it had done. I was really missing that connection with um, a client who I knew I was helping to get to a better stage in her life, who I knew was helping to get onto that next chapter that she wanted to get onto. And I missed that a lot. So the bits of work that I was doing, I was craving more of that. So I found myself really at a crossroads because we had a very busy and successful business that I had driven alongside my husband and a team who I felt responsible for and a duty to and part of. And then on the other hand, I had this craving, this passion where I knew I could help more women to get out of feeling stuck, to get out of a feeling of stagnation or feeling lost or like they weren't achieving their full potential and help them to get there or certainly get closer. And this was in addition to obviously all the other mum stuff I have going on. So I found myself at this crossroads. But let me tell you something, I stayed at, the, at that crossroads for a really long time. I could not make a decision. I knew that I wasn't entirely fulfilled. I wasn't 100% happy with my situation. There were more things that I wanted to do with my life and my career, but I felt stuck. And I'm going to now drill into why I felt stuck, because this may resonate with you. This might give you some insight as to why you're finding it really, really difficult to make a decision. So firstly, we come to something that is called a paradox of choice. And I think this is a massive thing. And funnily enough, I have seen this over the years so many times with my personal styling clients. There can be a thing as too much choice. So if I was to take someone into a shop, for example, and out of the entire floor say, oh, pick something you like, they would feel completely overwhelmed. Even if I said, I'll buy it for you. You've got a hundred pound budget. Just pick anything you like. They would find it quite difficult 
they would be not everyone. <laughs> I'm thinking thinking of my kids here. <laughs> they would just be like, "Yeah, I'll spend the hundred pound, no problem." <laughs> but a lot of women who I've worked with in the past would really struggle with the overwhelm of that. However, if I were to maybe select six pieces and we were to try each of the pieces on, talk about each of the pieces, the pros and cons, how they might utilize them in their wardrobe, what they like about them, what they don't like about them. Are they comfortable? What's the color like? Is the color making them look brighter and fresher or is it draining them? And we looked at each of these six pieces in turn and sort of analyzed them and and decided how we felt about them then that woman would probably find it far easier to decide than the person looking at the entire store. And I'm seeing this more and more and more just in general, just in our culture now, at how people are becoming paralyzed because quite frankly, they're overwhelmed with choice. You see it with, you know, you can even see it with your children. You know, it's like, can do an experiment with young children. If you say to them, you can have anything you want, you know, for your pudding, they might really struggle to tell you what they want for their pudding, you know, as a treat. But if you are to say, um, you can have some fruit, some chocolate or some ice cream for your pudding, which would you like? then children are probably going to find it much easier to choose. And I'm seeing this all the time, even in like the younger generation coming through into the workforce now or trying to decide, you know, what they want to do at college or university. And it's this complete overwhelm because they've spent their entire life being told, you can be anything, you can do anything. You know, even gender now is completely fluid nothing is certain. You can just do anything, be anything, have anything you want. And whilst that is absolutely amazing and freeing, it's also really overwhelming. So you are now seeing so many younger people and older people, all generations, feeling lost because they're really, really trying to find their true selves but they're so busy looking for the correct answers on who their true self is and what they should be doing to meet that purpose of why they're here, that they're not taking any action. They're just stuck. Whereas maybe in times gone by, whilst there was less choice, perhaps, you almost just kept moving in a direction and learning as you went. You know, you finished school and you either got a job or you went to college and it didn't really matter what that job was. You just needed to earn a living. And then you did this and then you did that. And whilst, you know, there's a lot to be said for progress and where we are today and all the amazing opportunities there are for everybody, no matter who you are. And of course, there's still work to be done to make that equal for absolutely everybody. But I do think the downside of that is this paradox of choice. There's a complete overwhelm. What do I do? And I can relate that to myself. As I was stood at this crossroads, you know, I really relate to this having too much choice because I knew I really wanted to do something with female clients again and helping them to lead a more enriching, fulfilling, full life where they were showing up 100% as themselves. But I also really enjoyed my job. 
for, you know, for the company that I had built alongside my husband. I love working with my husband. We, we make a really good team. And you also can't help, you know, when you, you are, I'm 42 at the moment when I'm recording this and I've got, you know, quite a lot of years experience in terms of, you know, my career. So I had loads of experience in marketing, PR, copywriting, and particularly branding and communications. I spent 10 years then from the age of 27, building a personal style in a shopping company, um, which I later sold. Um, and quite frankly, at this crossroads where I was stood, I was regretting doing that. I'd really regretted selling that business because I loved that business. I loved that job. But because I had sold that business and sort of moved on from personal styling to an extent, I had then in my mind felt, had I closed the door on that, is that something I could go back to do? In the years where I'd become a mum as well, I had also obviously found my love of fitness again, which was ironically something that I had always loved and wanted to do. I remember leaving school at 16 and considering becoming a personal trainer. And I think um, at the time my mum talked me out of that and told me to get a proper job. <laughs> but funnily enough, that was an itch I still had to scratch. And two years after, or a year, I think it was, after having our youngest daughter, I ended up training to become qualified level three personal trainer and nutritionist. So I had that under my belt. And because I was also trying to work through a lot of my own personal issues and patterns and things that I was getting frustrated with myself, I'd also trained to become a life coach. So I'm a qualified life coach. And I'd done that with the Tony Robbins Institute. So if you've ever heard of Anthony Robbins, who I've followed for probably 20 years, um, maybe more. And I thought there was only one one place I was going to go to sort of learn more and go deep on, on how I resolve some of my own issues. And that was with him. I'd already listened to all of his programs, read all of his books over and over and over and over again, um, but really wanted to go for a deeper dive on that. So decided the best way to do that was to become a life coach. So I had all these things, all these options of what I could do next. And that overwhelm, that many options, quite frankly, became the source, well, one of the sources of my indecision. I could not make a decision on what I would, uh, what I should do next. So that is number one, a big part of the problem is this paradox of choice. So that may resonate with you. You may feel like there are a number of options you could do next but you're not actually moving forward with any of them because you're struggling to figure out which one's the best one. So that leads me on to my next point. You're probably finding yourself in a position where you're asking the question all the time, what if? And when it comes to each of your options, you're going, oh, but what if this? What if that? What if this happens? What if that happens? And that is usually coming from a place of fear. You are worried about making the wrong choice. And this is something that I personally have really had to work hard on reframing and addressing because I got to a stage in my life where I was definitely catastrophizing 
where I was totally seeing things through the lens first of what if this goes wrong? What if people think this of me? What if this happens? What if I fail? And that really in itself is paralyzing because you are trying to make a decision from a place of fear, from a place of anxiety, from a place of concern or worry. And you are never going to make the best decision for you or a good decision if you are making a decision from a place of fear. I'll tell you a little bit about why I felt I got to this kind of place of catastrophizing everything and overthinking. And I think it sort of started when I became a mum because all of a sudden you're really responsible for these little people. You know, their life is literally in your hands. And that's that's kind of a lot <laughs> as a parent, isn't it? It's a lot. So you start overanalyzing all your choices and all your decisions about these little people because you really are genuinely quite frightened. I think it starts when they're babies of what happens if you make the wrong decision. You know, they could get very ill or, or be harmed or worse. So you become, I think, hypervigilant when it comes to making any decisions about your children. I mean, not everyone is like this, but I definitely fell into that camp. And what made it sort of more intense, I think, for me was um, when we, it was clear that our eldest daughter, who was diagnosed with autism at the age of four, or maybe just before she was four, we had started to notice that, you know, she was having a lot of problems. She seemed extremely stressed and upset and scared a lot of the time. And I think I became naturally in many ways over analytical about why that was. I was curious because I wanted to understand what the triggers were. I wanted to understand what I could do to help. But that led, the more and more I learned about autism and I learned about therapies and I learned about neuroscience and how the brain works and how it develops, I became so in need of trying to control everything to avoid her feeling any pain, whether that was emotional or physical. I just wanted to take that away. I wanted to prevent any harm from coming to her or any harm that she perceived because, you know, some things like bright lights or loud noises or, you know, turning right out of our road instead of left would cause her to become absolutely distraught. And obviously she was nonverbal. She couldn't communicate why any of this was happening. And, and I had to kind of be a detective, like Columbo, trying to figure out what were the triggers. So I overanalyzed everything. I, I researched into everything. I dug deep down into everything. And it's who I am naturally as a person. That's why these podcasts exist, because that's what I do. But overall, that led me to come to this place of overanalysis about everything. But I think a lot of us can do that because we are worried about the outcome. What if? 
What if this happens? What if that happens? And we're still, what if it happens because of a decision I made, a choice I took? And that is what keeps us locked in this state of stagnation and stuckness because we almost want that reassurance, that certainty that everything's going to be absolutely okay. It's all going to work out before we take the action. And that is just not how this process works. It's just not how life works. You have to take one step at a time. It's like, as someone says, I can't remember who told me this analogy once, but it's trying to find your way from London to Scotland in a car in the dark with just your headlights on. You can't see the entire route. You can't see the entire journey. You can't see what your destination will even look like, but you have to trust the process and just see as far as your headlights will allow you to see and trust the process, trust the journey, trust that you are making tracks forward. So if that resonates with you, then it's good just to be aware that you may be feeling fear and anxiety about making any decision because you're possibly looking through a lens that is negative. So that leads me on to my next point. This idea of being fearful over the result often comes as a consequence of all or nothing thinking, an all or nothing brain. And I became aware of this term through my research into autism and into neuroscience and how the brain develops. And I was doing a course with this American company about brain development and child brain development and how to help your child move through stages of brain development. It's really quite fascinating. And as part of that, the parents were assessed. And I was um, given a, if you want to call it a diagnosis, of an all or nothing brain. Now, that is not to say that is, I am stuck in that all or nothing brain and there are not things I can do to move forward and progress through that. But that I very much saw things as success or failure. It was this or I did that. It was good or it was bad. And I never would have thought I was that sort of person. I thought I was kind of like all shades of grey because I was indecisive. So I thought I was like, oh, there's so many options and this and that, could be this, it could be that. So I actually thought that I was all colours of the rainbow, if you like. But actually, when I thought about it, I wasn't. I was catastrophizing by saying, well, I'll, I'll succeed or fail. The result will be good or it will be bad. I can do this or I can do that. And really, this is kind of perfectionism. I saw things as I had to get things exactly right had to plan things perfectly. Things had to be just so before I made a decision or before I put myself out into the world or before I took a step. I was trying to get everything all lined up. And I see this over and over and over again, especially with women entrepreneurs who have this great idea or a passion or a purpose and something that they want to get started with. And it's an idea and they find themselves a year later, two years later, three years later, not really making any progress. And it is because they're constantly thinking, I have to have everything perfectly planned or I can't continue. I have to have my brand completely sorted and completely perfect before I launch my podcast. I have to have um, a strategy for launching my podcast 
and how I'm going to do that and the whole marketing plan around that, the branding, this, that and the other. And they're, they're completely obsessing over all these details before they've even recorded one word. And I see this all the time. And that is a form of analysis paralysis because you're just spending all the time planning, working out your scheduling, what content you're going to post, all the all that bit, rather than actually getting the microphone in front of your face and recording it. And I can also tell you that because that's what I did for two years with this podcast. Until one day I decided this is what I want to do. And I got the microphone and I just started talking. It was complete mess. It was completely imperfect. It required at least 10 goes to even record the first episode. But once that first episode was done, did it feel better? Yes, I did. So just again, becoming aware of all these things. Do these resonate with you? Are these resonating? Is this you? And a lot of it comes down to, in NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, they call these things like metaprogramming. And metaprogramming is almost how we process things, how we operate within our worlds. And everyone has, have a look at, look it up, Google it. And it's very interesting. And we all have different elements about how we categorize things and, and how our brain sort of processes things. So for example, some people process things as in, I'm moving towards this goal. And other people will motivate themselves by saying, I'm moving away from this position that I don't want to be in anymore. And people will be one or the other or a bit of both or more one than the other. Another one is that some people will sort information through the lens of themselves and other people will sort things through the lens of others around them. And you'll find this a lot with women. A lot of women sort through the lens of others. So they consider how their decisions will impact not just them, not just their life, but their children's lives, their partners' lives, their parents, their friends, their colleagues, their employees, their boss, everybody. And let me tell you what will make any decision so much harder is if you're trying to make the right decision, not just for you, but for every single person in your life. Because you can only make decisions that are right for you. And the downside is that is that sometimes that may be inconvenient for others. And it's to say that you are, you've got to obviously always be considerate. Yes. But you can't make decisions in a way that you are trying to just protect everybody else from any kind of discomfort. I'm not talking about pain here. I'm not talking about doing things that hurt other people or are selfish. Not that at all, because I don't, I don't come across women who are having that problem. I come across women who are, oh, but if I do that, that'll really put my husband out. Or, oh, I'd really like to go to this dance class, but, oh, I won't be able to put my children to bed on a Monday night. That's the sort of thing I'm talking about. These are not end of the world problems. These are not problems that will cause people pain. These are not decisions that will impact on someone's life in such a negative way that it will destroy everything. But in our minds, that's how we're thinking of them. So 
have a little look at neuro-linguistic programming, metaprograms, and that might help you to sort of figure out how you're making your decisions, you know, how you're filtering the information coming into you and how you can maybe look at it in the reverse way and bring it back to you, bring it back to the decision that is correct for you and that absolutely minimise discomfort and pain to anybody else if you need to. You know, obviously sort your routine out with your partner so that the kids are happy and settled and, you know, everybody feels happy and supported. But for God's sake, go for what you want. There are a few of the reasons and I hope that they are helping you to clarify why you feel so stuck because you're trying to make decisions and you are A, overwhelmed, B, trying to make sure that the decision is not only right for you, but right for everybody else possibly. You're looking at things through a negative lens. So you might be catastrophizing and you might be thinking, oh, what if this, what if that? And and sort of thinking of all these disasters that might happen if you just take one step forward. And finally, you might be completely procrastinating because you're trying to get everything perfect and lined up and certain and in control an absolute before you're prepared to take a step forward because it's completely unrealistic to think that you can have it all planned out, all figured out and know the result without taking a step forward. It's just never going to happen. Sometimes you just have to close your eyes and jump. So what can you do if you are in a state of stuckness? You are in full-on analysis paralysis, girl. You cannot make a decision and you are driving yourself mental. What can you do? Here is my strategy. First, you need to get a pen and a notepad because when it comes to making decisions in your life, it's often good to write them out in front of you to connect to that pen, to that paper, to the decision you're trying to make on an emotional level. It's no good just thinking stuff over because you tend to just go around in a loop in your head. You need to start getting that information out and down on paper. You will not make good decisions when you're just going round and round in your head. You need to get out of your brain for this and into your body, into your physicality to change your state, to feel like you're making progress, to start seeing it all laid out on paper. You need to see the problems, solutions, decisions that need to be made in front of you. So that would be number one. Then you need to identify the decision you need to make. What is the decision? So for example, for me, when I was trying to consider, do I come out of Sona, our technology business? Do I come out of that? Or and completely go into something new? I was thinking all or nothing. I leave Sona or I start a new business or, you know, it was very all or nothing thinking. And then I was overwhelmed with all the options that I could potentially choose. You know, at the end of the day, I could be a personal trainer because I'm qualified. I could be a life coach because I'm qualified. I'm a really experienced personal stylist. I've got background in running a very successful business alongside my husband. I've got um, experience in PR, marketing, copywriting, branding. So you can see how I was getting overwhelmed with that. So I needed to strip it right back. What was the decision? And the decision was, 
where do I want to go next in my career and how do I want to spend my day-to-day time? Turns out I didn't want to come out of our business completely. I still wanted to remain in the business and continue on helping out with the strategy for growth and for the branding and marketing, still do that to this day. But then I also wanted to get back into content creation, which is what I'm doing now, which is this podcast and also working with women one-to-one and in small groups to help them to work through some of this stuff, to help them with how they show up in their life, to help them with the confidence, to help them to stand up and say, this is me and to dress in the way that feels good, to show up in a way that feels authentic and to do it with energy and passion. And that is now what I am doing. So what is the decision you need to make? Narrow it down. What is the decision you need to make? Then if you've not already, which I suspect you have, (laughs) is research it. Research your options. Yeah. Research what possible choices do you have? What are all the choices? It's really great to have a lot of choices and you've got to get out of this paradox of choice and into empowerment of choice. Rather than all or nothing thinking, instead start thinking of there's no success or failure here. I'm just going to get a result. I can try something and I'll get a result. I can do this and I might like it or not like it. I'll take one step forward and then I'll see where I am. Stop catastrophizing. Stop saying all or nothing and instead just say, what are all my alternatives right now? What is the possible next step forward? Choose one and then go with it. Of course, you have to look at pros and cons, the costs and the benefits. You know, put them out. What is the outcome you're after here? And the outcome might be, I just want to feel happier day to day. I just want to feel more like me day to day. So what will help you get there? Is it option A, B or C or D or E? Find as many alternatives as you can and get them all down on paper. Because when you're stuck deciding between A or B, option one or two, it's this or it's that, you often feel stuck because it feels like a dilemma. It feels like an ultimatum. You choose this way or that way. Start trying to look at things through almost like anything is possible. And I always say, try and find at least four options. So for me, it would be, I could leave the home technology company and not work in it at all and go on to a new business. I could work in the home technology part-time. I could um, work in it one day a week. And then the other decisions were obviously based around what I would spend the rest of my time doing. But start off by knowing that this is not an all or nothing decision. Then I want you to really review your choices, review the alternatives, review your options. And this is the most important part. Tune in to your feelings. If you are reading an option and thinking, oh, no, then cross it out. It's not an option. It's that simple. It really is that simple. If you are reading through your options and you don't like it, cross it out. You may be then reading through your next option. You think, you know, it, it will be okay. I'm not very excited about that. Then again, I would question moving forward with the option. If you read through something and you're feeling excited by that, 
if you're feeling geared up, if you're starting to come back to life, when you read that option, take note of that before, and this is important, before your brain goes, oh, but what if? (laughs) Because it will, especially when things excite you, especially when you are looking at an alternative that is new, is exciting, you know will fill you up, but it's going to, it's going to mean that you have to step out of your comfort zone. It's going to scare you. It's going to frighten you. You're going to get anxiety about stepping out of your comfort zone, but that's the one you need to put a big star next to because often growth is on the other side of fear. Often it's the things that you're scared of doing, the things that you have anxiety around, but your heart is leading you towards that direction. They're the things you need to do. You just don't want to do them kind of want the result without having to go through all the discomfort. I get it. But that's the one you need to start putting a star next to. And if there's more than one, put a star next to each one. And then I'm going to say something really outrageous. Before you leave the site of where you are writing all this down, you are going to pick one of the options that you've put a star next to and you are going to take one small action before you leave that seat, before you let that pen out of your hand, you are going to have to take an action in one step, just one, towards that option. It may be you've thought, I need to go to college and learn such and such a thing. So you're going to pick up the phone and you're going to call that college and get a prospectus on the course that you want to do. It may be that you are considering, I don't know, moving career, whatever it is, you need to take an action towards that thing. Because what this situation, what analysis paralysis requires above all else is action. It's action in a new direction. It may not be the perfect action, It may not even be the right action, but trial and error will move you forward. You don't learn by just literally staying where you are all the time, never changing. You learn by moving forward, sometimes getting things right and sometimes getting things wrong. Experience comes as a result of trial and error and confidence only comes with experience. So you just have to take a step forward. There's got to be some sort of shot in the dark here, but you will feel better once you start to move again. Because the thing is with analysis paralysis is that the fear you allow to build in your mind is pretty much always worse than the actual situation that results from taking any action. The fear in our heads is pretty much always worse than what actually happens. Have you ever had that experience? where you've been really, really scared or anxious or just sick with the thought of doing something. And then you go and you do it and you're like, do you know what? That was all right. (laughs) And you feel a bit ridiculous for how terrified you were. Well, that's this. That's this situation right now. You've overanalyzed to the point where you are literally stuck in fear. You are in freeze mode. And the only way to release yourself is to start breathing again, start having confidence in yourself again, that 
your heart knows the right way and just take a small step forward. We're not talking about making a life-changing decision at this moment in time. Just a step in a new direction, just to try it out and just keep tracking forward every day. Because at the end of the day, the quality of someone's life, the quality of our lives is going to be in direct relation to how much uncertainty we can handle. Because there is only one certainty in life, and that is that things change all the time. Every day, our bodies change, our cells change at a very core level. We change. Our cells are renewed. Life changes. We get older. Our kids get older. You know, nature moves. It changes. Society does. Culture does. There is nothing you can do to stop change. So if you are clinging on for dear life, trying to stay where you are in your comfort zone that feels all warm and fuzzy, you are resisting change. And that's when you feel really stuck and scared. Whereas when you start to embrace change, not as life or death, not as all or nothing, right or wrong, success or failure, when you embrace change as just a result or learning or trial and error, part of the process, then you start to make progress in your life, in your personal development, in your own growth. You make progress towards your best self. But when you let fear hold you back, that's when nothing happens but stagnation. So embrace change. Look forward to change. Embrace a new direction. Take a step. And ask yourself, what is the worst thing that can happen? Confront that. So what if everyone thinks you're an idiot? So what if everyone judges you for putting out a podcast, for example? Or what if you make no money that first month? What will you do to remedy that? If it's, you know, you're thinking about doing a business and you're worried you won't have any security. Well, what will you do about that? Sometimes when you face the worst case scenario, you can deal with it up front. But stop just letting things go around and around in your head and letting that fear stop you where you are. Face that fear. Face the worst case scenario and then figure out how you'd handle it if that happened. But I guarantee you, you won't even need that because the worst will not happen. The fear is always worse in our heads. So I hope that has helped you today. Get out of analysis paralysis, make a new decision and take action. Take a step forward towards your best self. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Self Podcast today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If so, be sure to subscribe and you would also massively be helping a girl out if you would rate and review the podcast today. I would love to know what you thought. Be sure to follow us on social media at The Best Self Project and I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.